Welcome to What in the Horror Podcast. Welcome to What in the Horror Podcast with your hosts Lando and Tim. Today we will be reviewing Hellraiser from 1987 and Hellbound Hellraiser 2 from 1988. So we'll start with Hellraiser from 87 and basically it's about this sexual deviant named Frank who opens up a portal to hell after he gets a box from a like a mysterious person in a foreign country I'm guessing and uh he opens the box and of course when he opens the little box it uh has little chains coming out and they latch onto him and it just total carnage happens within like the first like I don't know five minutes of the movie and so after that happens I don't know like a year or so later I can't remember how long it's been his uh brother his brother's wife and eventually their uh or his brother's wife's daughter or his niece move into the house that he was living in and the place is just covered in it just looks bad it has like moldy food in the kitchen still and it definitely didn't look like it was cleaned or looked after and for quite some time so eventually after that he uh his brother cleans up the place and moves in and after they move in and everything his brother's wife ends up having uh vivid dreams while she's still awake about him like the time that they met and eventually you find out that frank and his sister-in-law had an affair well eventually something happens where uh the uh father uh he has his uh hand ripped open by a exposed nail while moving a bed and he goes into the room that the that his wife is in and the blood hits the floor and eventually they leave to go tend to his hand well you look on the floor and all the blood is seeping into the floor through the nails on the floor well underneath you see what looks like a heart or something like that start pumping and it's soaking up all the blood well eventually the daughter comes into place and uh yeah she comes in the, the story and then eventually the wife finds out that frank is came back from the dead after escaping from hell so basically this whole movie is about him trying to uh come back to life because or not come back to life but become fully skinned because when he comes back to life he's just all veins and bones exposed and everything he just he looks like a burn victim at first but she keeps bringing the wife keeps bringing um, men in while her husband is away and the daughter's away too. And she keeps killing these guys with hammering them in the back of the head, exposing blood. And then Frank, he gets the blood. He sucks up the blood somehow. And every time he does that, he gets more, uh, he um, becomes better. Yeah, he yeah he becomes more human-like. And eventually he's able, because at first he's not able to even walk. But after like the first two or three, or one or two people, he's eventually able to walk again. And then I don't know how many men she brings in. I think it's like three, maybe four tops. And he's just, he doesn't look fully human yet at all. So eventually the uh, daughter finds out about Frank coming to life and that the, that her uh, stepmom was involved in bringing him back to life and everything. And she's freaking out and doesn't know what to happen and so she thinks she like yeah she finds the box that frank still has with him and he's like telling her to give him back the box and she's like you want it or you fucking get it or something so she throws it out the window 
And he's all like, no, just screaming. And she runs out the door outside. She goes outside and grabs the box and leaves the house. So there's that. And then eventually the dad ends up getting killed. But uh, Frank ends up taking his skin. And you can pretty much notice it around like the right above his hairline and everything on his face and the sides of his face and stuff. So that ends up happening. And towards the, uh, yeah, towards the end, Frank ends up killing the wife, Julia, by betraying her. And she ends up, like, mutating or dying, looking basically like all the victims she fucking helped kill. So that happens to her. And Frank tries to kill his own niece. And he's also a fucking pervert to his niece, too. And from the daddy. Yeah. And the demons and stuff that are chasing them around from the hell universe throughout the whole thing and make, trying to make semi deals and not. But yeah, eventually the uh, daughter, she, uh, yeah, she makes a deal after opening the box herself with the uh, demons, also known as Cenobites. And she makes a deal saying that the uh, Frank character is alive and at her house. So eventually they make a deal with her to keep her from being dragged to hell for opening the box. So so she makes that deal and she eventually finds out that her quote-unquote father is dead and that it's her uncle frank underneath the skin and all the killing that happens to the mom or to the stepmom and then she eventually wins because the frank character she ch- gets him the or yeah she gets him to uh chase him into the one bedroom where he was pretty much hiding throughout the whole damn movie and he's not knowing that the Cenobites are in there waiting so basically he sees the Cenobites and they pretty much rip him apart and that's pretty much the end of the movie I mean yep. it ends in, in the house yeah. yeah it starts to fall apart and her uh yeah the girl's uh love interest or boyfriend or whatever he comes into play and he eventually saves her and then that's pretty much the end of the movie yeah yeah, have to, as she puts the puzzle back box back together, the Cenobites disappear one by one. And then they get out of the house. And that's the end of the house. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I couldn't really think of a different way to explain this movie because it's basically just, that's it. I mean, you don't really see the Cenobites other than the beginning and the end of this movie, which personally was kind of uh, disheartening and kind of uh, a letdown. A little bit yeah. of a letdown. Yeah. Especially considering the way that it, I mean, shredded him with like these fish hooks and chains, the way it just tore him apart the first time. And then it led you to believe that it was going to happen the second time and it ripped him apart even more viciously. It's just, I mean, you think about what they were capable of doing. It did feel like there should have been more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if this was my first time ever watching these Hellraiser movies, because I personally own a couple of the little bit older movies. If I didn't know what these movies were about and I dived into this pretty much blind and saw this first one, I'd probably run to fucking church or something and start praying to God. I'm like, I don't want to go to hell. No. The special but, uh, effects at the time were a little bit like, especially when the Cenobites disappear, were a little bit funky. But you know that was for the time it was yeah. pretty damn good. Uh, oh yeah, I mean it's the prosthetics. Seven, yeah, the prosthetics on it are just actually really kind of gory and gross. <laughs> a lot oh yeah yeah like 
uh, when she kisses him when he still doesn't have skin it gives you a gag reflex that's just yeah Yeah. it's just i mean it's a pretty good movie i mean like you said it did not skip on the blood and gore makeup effects were good for the definitely really good for a movie in the late 80s i mean 87 i would have been like three maybe four years old matters what month that what came out and everything but but yeah it was definitely a really good movie i mean even the audience scores on google and stuff were pretty good i mean google 86 percent rotten tomato they gave it a 71 with audience scores of 73 and it had a pretty good budget and made pretty good money i mean the budget was a million bucks and it's an official cult classic too it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like one of the you know kind of cult classics it's a true cult classic yeah and then and the uh box office it made 14.6 million dollars i mean the only really really big complaint for this movie i personally have was the ending was kind of confusing but, at but, first yeah it, it was definitely a little it just felt like just it's all over okay but yeah <laughs> okay that's kind of the feel of the end of this yeah i mean like i said it's not a bad movie i mean it's definitely got a huge following i mean i've known plenty of people that have been you pretty get, much you, obsessed with these movies like you get your first them. look at pinhead first mm-hmm. ever look at pinhead uh which is the, like the leader so to speak of the uh demons and then you have they're all just kind of they were human at one point you can tell and they were kind of changed in some dramatically kind of grotesque way or one way or another through pain oh yeah like pinhead he's got nails coming out of his head increases where it looks like he's where he got wired uh like pulled through his tight on his skin like cutting through his skin and it nailed at each point in between Mm -hmm. iconically uh, if anyone's ever heard or seen pinhead which is quite common for even people who haven't seen the movie you've seen a pinhead you know figurine or poster yeah he's creepy yeah and then you got the female cenobite who's got like wire coming out of her cheeks and wire that's bent around her neck and then her center of her neck is wide open and exposed and you got this really fat looking one with sunglasses and underneath his sunglasses his eyes are stitched shut and then you got this other one that doesn't even have eyes and his mouth is like wired open or something and he keeps making these weird clicking noises with his chattery chattering with his teeth yeah so yeah those are the demons or cenobites i mean yeah they're the things that you know nightmares are made of for real they did a really good job with them but uh yeah it i mean for a really good movie i don't have much to really say about it it's definitely a first for me once it gets started in beginning there's a couple lulls so they can tell a little bit of a storyline plot for the most part it's just blood gore killing after one after another and a lot of like adultery like action because she lures the guys in from like bars and stuff to uh like she's going to let them have their way with her and that's how she gets them in there for him to sort of regenerate off them and feed off them like siphon their life energy and their blood and regenerate mm-hmm. so it's 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 a good movie definitely one that'll keep you on your toes and its age doesn't really change the factor of it being a good movie at all oh yeah so with that being said I give it a 4.5. That's right where I am. 4.5. Um, only because I know what's coming next. Because <laughs> I love the way that they 
I hated the way they ended the movie, but it makes total sense when you get to the next one. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, like, that's pretty much why I gave it a 4.5 instead of a full 5. And the fact that you don't really see the Cenobites through the movie that much. Like I said, you see them in the first part of the movie, and you see them towards the end, and that's it. Yeah, and this, mo- this movie, ironically, the Cenobites usually, when you think of this, and if you ever watch the Hell Raiders or movies, and you ever watch them out of sequence, feels like they should be the center of the movie. And this one, the real antagonist was Frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% he, Frank. Yeah, he wasn't even a demon or anything. He's just a person that got sucked right into hell. He, like, no one found his body or anything while he was gone or disappeared. So clearly his body was directly sent to hell. At least that's what I'm getting off of this movie. Yep. And obviously a part of him got left underneath the floorboards somehow. That was cool yeah. too. The effect with the floorboards when they started rattling as he's coming up through them and being regenerated. It was, and the weird, I don't know if they did a claymation or how they did it when they pulled his body, all of those parts together, like his brain formed separate than his spine. His spine looked almost like a spider for a second and attacked his brain to reattach it was that was gory that was a gory sequence it really was yeah just to reanimate somebody yeah but uh yeah this one's gonna be a short one people i mean i don't have any more things to say about this one i mean i definitely have a lot more to say about the second one so that being sam go ahead and explain this one second one picks up and starts off with like a recap like i mean to be honest the way it recap felt like you're watching a series you know like you know the old angel series and stuff like that i used to do the recaps every episode so you'd see what happened in the previous ones it felt just like that i mean you don't see movies do that much of a recap anymore but it jumped right into immediately afterwards and her being carted away and taking to a mental institution and you don't you see the boyfriend anymore you hear nothing about him just know that he told the same story and they didn't believe him and they really didn't believe her about telling about the demons and stuff so they're trying to figure out what's going on and where her family is and what happened to the house and they can't figure out any of it and they're just baffled and she's in a mental institution and this guy when it opens up this guy's like going in and doing like a lobotomy with this like power tool like attachment this little looks like a juicer he's going in to lobotomize somebody in the beginning and he's her, becomes her doctor and his assistant doctor is a little bit more level-headed it seems and starts off with them talk coming into the room trying to talk to her after she got talked to by the cop and the cop says well this is more your expertise than mine because and he basically is calling her nutball that's what it boils down to. So he walks, they walk away. And um, after talking to her for a little bit, realize that, uh, okay, so she's kind of nutty. He gets uh, permission to work from the, the doctor, the main doctor gets the permission to talk to them by doing some extreme therapy or something like that. He's talking to the um, cop to see what not what he's allowed to do. Doesn't really explain what. And then he goes off in his office to make a phone call. Well, while he's doing that and ask, that's where he asked for the therapy. The other guy's in there with her, the assistant doctor. And he's just kind of being a friendly doctor, you know, trying to talk to her trying to calm her down. So she he goes uh, to get help for her from the other doctor. He goes to talk to him. And when he goes in, he, as he's about to go in, he, the door's open and he overhears the other guy talking about taking the bed where her aunt died in the first movie. I'm Her mom, stepmom, sorry, stepmom. And it wasn't her actual mom. Um, got killed on in the first movie and he's going to have it delivered to his home and not to the uh, evidence locker or anything like that. And he made sure he's getting this, which makes no sense. For one, he'd have no access to any type of evidence thing. Secondly, why would he want it delivered to his home? So you know something's not right. 
the other doctor obviously doesn't think so either. And, you know, he goes, the other doctor decides to investigate this afterwards. So he breaks into the main doctor's house, like uses a screwdriver and the most, okay, that was a little cheesy. There's no way a screwdriver is going to open that lock the way he did. But anyhow, he gets inside through the, uh, like a glass window door. And as he's in there, he, this, the other doctor, the main one comes in with a patient that has like sores all over him and stuff. And is like freaking out. He, he keeps seeing maggots on him. Like and they're not real, but he keeps seeing them. So he sets the guy, tells him to have a seat, sits on a nasty bed. But he's just freaking out about the maggots. He walks over and picks up a straight razor and just plays with it a minute. At first, I thought he was going to kill him because I couldn't remember. I haven't seen a movie in a long time. Then a, he walks over, hands the guy the knife, says, go ahead and get, get him off. And the guy just starts hacking himself up and hacking himself up all over the place and bleeding all over this mattress. Well, while this other guy's watching this happen from behind a curtain because he hid the secondary doctor and he's watching this happen he's freaking out thinking oh my god what do i do he's looking at the door trying to decide if he can get out or not he decides not to move yet well all of a sudden as this guy's like he even cuts his junk at one point in time across those pants and like his neck and everything else and then all of a sudden his legs come out and wrap around him like some some woman riding a guy from behind or something like that and then grabbing him from the front and he gets kind of sucked down into the mattress a little bit and she comes out and it's the ant without, but she came out just like the uncle did before with no skin. You know, she's formed a lot quicker than the other, but then again, it was more than just a little blood. And he, the guy tries to get away. He climbs across the floor. She's a, she's like he, the uncle, very weak at first, can't hardly walk, just slithering along the floor, much more bloody and gory and goopy than the other, than the uncle was. The uncle's like slimy looking, but this time they went a little overboard with the making it bloody. They didn't care whether or not they got anything dirty, obviously. Well, the guy is reaching for the curtain from where the other doctor's hiding behind and almost reaches the curtain, not knowing the curtain guy's there, but he's asking for help. He's trying to figure out a way out. And then she finally gets him. She reaches her head just like in the first movie, like reaches her head in the back of his skull and starts draining him somehow and seems to get a little bit stronger. Well, the doc, the main doctor is over there watching all this happen and she goes, help me. And he kicks and pushes the mattress just a little closer so she can climb up on it. She climbs up on it, sits there for a minute and then she's able to stand up because for some reason, I don't know, the pool of blood, whatever, made her stronger. So from there, the other guy decides while this is happening, while she, he's distracted, the other guy runs out the door and doesn't get caught, the, the secondary doctor. He runs back to the hospital and goes to the woman goes get dressed i believe you i saw it basically and she goes open her closet door no clothes he goes to get her clothes she gets dressed and then they're off to leave and she goes i have to go back to the house because he finds out that this guy the doctor now the doctor not only had one of the boxes puzzle boxes but he had three of them and she said she had to go back and end it so she's dead set on this he tries to talk her out of it there's no way so that's where they head <laughs> the uh of course at this point in time you know you would think the cops would be all over it a lot more than they were it was kind of quiet i thought that's one little bit of a weirdo spot get back to the house and stuff ants they're trying to uh man this is where it gets really fun it, it's non-stop so getting it in out of a sequence is really easy at this point because this is where it just goes streamlined kill 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 <laughs> <laughs> and the ant winds up the no 
they got a whole bunch of uh, other patients that she's trying to get her skin back from. She took a whole bunch of skin while this is happening, while the, he, the guy's busy trying to get her out of the hospital and drains a whole bunch of people and she gets her skin back and looks just like she did in the first movie, which I found out weird because the first movie, the uncle had to wear the other, his brother's skin. And in this movie, she got back her own somehow. I, I thought that was a little weird and needed multiple victims to do it more so. They were all hanging like... You know, from the ceiling and chains, basically, in that room. And it all been drained. The girl comes in. One of the first things they do is find that room. And then, you know, her aunt comes out behind her, right? It wasn't an aunt coming behind her. That's stepmom. Sorry, I keep saying aunt. She, uh... He didn't know who she was when he first met her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he walked up and they walk up in the room afterwards. Yeah. And he doesn't have a clue who this woman is. He saw her before, uh, bloody on the floor, but didn't realize that she had skin, uh, someone else's skin and stuff. Well, the the, the stepdaughter actually. All right. So that's why I said it was, uh, this one goes so fast. It was hard to keep up. And even trying to write down the notes didn't work well because it was just like every time I looked down, I'd miss five things. Did you catch that too? How quickly the transition went once it, once it started? This is like nonstop action. Uh, the Cenobites really weren't really, it's weird because she got assimilated back like that, but you didn't get the box issue yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that came in later because there's a girl that at the hospital, a teenage girl that does nothing but puzzles. And doesn't talk yet. And doesn't talk. Oh, that's that's where the guy was when this happened. He went and got her and brought her back to do the puzzle box for everything. And the main doctor and got her to do the puzzle box and stuff. And they came in like they were going to kill her, and they realized it's not her that really wanted us here, kind of thing. And then went to find the uh, the woman who wa- now wants to be queen of this hell world, whatever. She wants to be in power. And the other guy is just, she seduced him. Somehow even just got the whole bloody kissing thing again, got her play grab ass with a non-skin bloody ass body. She's making a mess of the house. <laughs> Wraps her up like a mummy at some point while she's doing all the, all the draining. It's just, it's just non-stop gore. Mm-hmm. It's just gross. But in a good way, if you like horror movies. We go from that, they're all the way up to the girls in the puzzle box puts them in this like a labyrinth type thing where they can't get out of everybody's in there the daughter and the girl who can't talk kind of wind up together and hanging out for a while to try and help each other mm-hmm. even though technically the daughter shouldn't have a clue who she is at all and vice versa so the fact that they found each other and realized they both were okay kind of has me confused and how they figured that out so quickly i don't know, I guess unspoken rule they both look terrified so they just bonded together yeah the other guy gets separated the doctor gets separated from the woman so he winds up getting, well, he's separated because she put him in it. She puts him in this box thing to make him into one of the Cenobites. Is that the pronunciation? Cenobite, yeah. Cenobite. And puts him in this box and it starts creating this, him into one. But it does it according to like partially him. It like pulls these like wires across his face or strings or whatever. It makes him look kind of like a canned ham and or not a canned ham, but a wrapped ham. And this, he gets these weird fingers that have the drill in them and eyeballs that can come out knives that can come out of them but they're like tentacles like yeah they and come out of the it. palm of his hands yeah yeah and then this drill similar to the one he used on the brain a bigger version comes down on his head and just like on like a tentacle thing and just drills into his head and he kind of floats around with this thing on his head the whole time it's really weird and that's it he's in, he's one of those things and how quickly that happened I'm, I'm just kind of surprised considering how long it took for everything else happen but he comes out like this really messed up twisted he was already messed up and twisted but it shows
include that throughout the rest of it. But he, while this is happening, they're running away for their lives. They're trying to find stuff. This wall opens up when the the stepmom shows up because they found the um, box, but the box changed into this weird elongated. Yeah, it was like a diamond-shaped sword almost, or not shaped, yeah, dagger. Dagger, like almost double-ended dagger, like diamond shape. It was weird how it turned. And that's also the thing that's spinning inside that supposedly like controls everything. And it has like this black beams coming out of it. And that's what he was under when he got changed. And while this is happening, these walls open up and like trying to blow people blow them away and the stepmom managed to pull that away and get a hold of it but it was in her hand and she started slipping and the one that doesn't talk saw it and tried to save her i think to try and save that but when she's reaching for her, the the stepmom literally falls out of her skin so her skin comes back but the thing is still in in the hand of it but they kind of leave it there for some reason at the time because apparently that wasn't their worry at the moment so they kept running the guy came through he's trying to oh it's just one non-stop killing uh he tries killing them the cenobites are kind of around it kind of goes a flashback and shows how pinhead was made how he how he was made and uh from way back when it has a picture of him somewhere and then how his face had been kind of like wired up and the pins were driven in to his skull and it just the guy went through literal hell to become what he became same with this other guy so this is gives you the insight of the foreground of what pin how pinhead was created so all this is going on. We got multiple scenes jumping back and forth. That's why it's harder to do a timeline. Um, he's running around. The Cenobites are kind of part of it, but not part of it. They're more or less just kind of like following everybody, I guess is the best way. Kind of that creepy, you know, thriller vibe of like, you know, the bad guys trying to chase you and trying to kill you. But yet they seem to be walking slow. But And the newly formed guy, he obviously became a pretty badass and keeps trying to kill them. And they wind up almost getting killed by these guys over time and then they go back they get the thing they get the uh, box how they even knew it was the same box beyond me back while they're trying to kill him and just literally that was scary <laughs> so the daughter is uh running down uh, running away with the girl that doesn't talk uh they're running away from the cenobites and everybody and all of a sudden they came upon them they caught them they had them cornered and the daughter had actually picked up a the picture of the soldier that she saw and she shows it to the uh, pinhead because it is pinhead before he got turned into a Cenobite. And they start to realize that they, he was human. And the, then the doctor appears. And because they're going through this, like, I don't know, self-realization, the other Cenobites all attack the doctor. But he easily overpowers all of them, which is kind of, in, I mean, that's how much more powerful they made this Cenobite. So they, but they, because of the fight, they managed to run away a little bit and start running. And they're running towards that uh, room where they had the, where the box had changed into like the dagger and it's floating. Like it's, there's the physical one they can hold. And then there's the other one that mimics it. That's within it. Like the, almost like a power cell for the whole hell universe thing. So they're on their way there. They, they see the, um, the body, uh, skin rather of the, the stepmom pick up the, uh, it had still had the dagger style, box in her hand of the skin grab that and they start running toward it and the the girl who doesn't talk is trying to figure out the puzzle while running but obviously they're running away as well for their life so they get out and they get to the platform where that where the you know the doctor had been made into a cenobite and the this thing's spinning with these dark beams coming out of it well the while they're there he the doctor comes there and he like backhands uh the daughter 
and knocks her unconscious. So you focus on that, and he's slowly working his way towards the girl trying to tell her, no, don't, because she's trying to solve the puzzle box. But she's fumbling it and stuff because she's scared, but she's doing the best she can, and he's coming at her. Well, it's like this slow little back-and-forth sequence, and all of a sudden, you see the stepmom show up again, or at least you think it's the stepmom. And she starts talking to him and stuff and distracting him because, remember, he kind of had a thing for her. And all of a sudden, um, the other girl manages to finish the box while this is going on. It's a good distraction. And it starts to tear everything apart. And one of the first things that happened is that the doctor um, kind of got shaken up and stuff and separated a little bit from the thing. And when that happened, they started running for the door because everything is starting to collapse everywhere. And while everything's collapsing... Because it, it finished, you find out that, well, before they start running, you realize she peels the skin off is actually the daughter in the stepmom's skin. She has put it on to fool the guy. So it's kind of gross, but <laughs> it worked. So they're running toward the door, running as fast as they can to try and get out and not die. And while this happens, the doctor gets crushed underneath a bunch of uh, debris and stuff as it, as it goes out. And they... The, the crack to this room that they they're trying to get to is closing and they almost don't make it out but they do they do actually make it out of it and that's pretty much how it ends it's not much after that uh just the how the universe has been closed up because they closed the box and then if i remember correctly the girl speaks the one that doesn't speak doesn't she at this point yeah she soon she does start to speak a little bit towards the end of the movie yeah yeah, because during this whole thing, she was having flashbacks but while everything was going on. They're kind of finding where the sequence it was, having flashbacks of her parents or her mom specifically, and the doctor basically taking her away from her mother. When he's, she kept on asking her to help her, and seems like that he just wanted her for the use for the box to open the box to get gain the access because it'll give you like extra. I mean, it's a. It can either be the best thing in the world for you, the worst thing in the world for you, and quite often both is what it's explained as. So it's a kind of desire thing where people that want the power, which he did get the power when he became a Cenobite, so it kind of made sense. Mm -hmm. So that said, that was pretty much how it ended. It didn't really go into any more detail or anything. It just kind of, they made it back, and they were alive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did kind of have kind of a shitty ending. I mean, at least, you know, the main girl lived and her little sidekick lived so yeah and but the thing is for me it made up for it with the you kind of felt the relief at the end it's like it had been non-stop since the action started it just kept going it was just one it was a thrill fest this was a true thriller in my opinion it just you don't stop feeling that adrenaline pump and thinking oh my god they're gonna die they're gonna die they're gonna die And you half expect at least one of them to die at some points, like throughout the whole thing. I didn't think they were going to both make it out alive the first time I saw the movie. I really didn't. That said, I really liked this movie and I liked the way that they went into the background to explain what the Cenobites were and how they were made and even created them and how Pinhead was made, which if you watch later ones, it's going to be even better. Pinhead becomes more of a, even more iconic. Mm -hmm. And the farther the series goes, he becomes like it. He is he is the whole uh, premise of everything. The guy in control. Yeah, I really like this movie. I mean, when I did the research to see how others liked it, I was kind of shocked because the uh, Rotten Tomato scores were very low. I mean, they were at 52%, and then audience scores 
or 58, but apparently Google know their shit because they rated it at 89%. The budget for this movie didn't really surprise me. It was $3 million and it made $12.1 million. So that definitely made some pretty good money. And as for my thoughts of this movie, I mean, it just like the first one, it had plenty of blood and gore, had a pretty good following to the, from the first movie, had a really good story all around. I liked how the doctor got killed and turned into a Cenobite. That was pretty cool. I mean, I, I liked how Pinhead got turned into one in the beginning of the movie a little bit better than how the doctor got turned but but yeah i would definitely recommend this movie plus the first one to any horror movie fan but uh as for my rating for this thing i give it a 4.5 yep that's where i was 4.5 i mean my couple gripes are with the um like the shape of that turning into like the dagger i wish they had made it so it looked more like they just adapted it more Mm mm-hmm and then um, there's a uh, that's actually my biggest gripe with it. Other than that, the ending was a little bit a little bit too cliche and just like oh, it's just over. <laughs> I kind of wish they'd done something more with that. But other than that, yeah, it's a very good movie. Four point five is very very good. I thought the actually the gory bloody part when she was skinless, the mother mm-hmm. stepmom, was even more gory. It was kind of the same suit, kind of looked almost the same. It's the first movie. But they used a lot more like bloody color and a lot of blood handprints and go- everything she touched became bloody. Whereas when he touched stuff, you notice nothing really came off. It's almost like they used like a clear goo. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely a good movie. I mean, I didn't grow up watching these movies like a lot of other people I know in the horror movie community. But I would definitely watch these. I would definitely recommend the other ones that I've seen even though some of them are kind of eh to me. Um, the ones I wouldn't recommend are the much newer ones that came in the 2000s. Those ones just look bad. Well, they, you, you can't tie in after 20 years and have it meld. Remember the other real bad attempt they had at that with the Children of the Corn movies? Yeah, don't yeah. fucking remind me. I'm still <laughs> frustrated. But uh, yeah, that's about all I got for this fucking movie. I mean... Yep, definitely uh, good movies to watch if you like horror movies. I mean, don't think of the, the time period because, yeah, okay, some of the special effects, like when Cenobites are taken apart and stuff, they kind of do this weird 80s special effect. But, I mean, for its time and the fact that you can just get over that, it's not like a deal breaker. They're very good movies. And this one will keep you on your toes the entire time. Even with us knowing what you know, it's still a great watch and you're going to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't really think of anything bad about these movies other than the first one you didn't really see the Cenobites that much like I said the second one you still don't see them that much but you do see them a little bit more and get more of a story about them because when I know you left this part out but when they get killed they get turned back into their human form because when the lady Cenobite gets killed you see her from going to this bald lady to a lady with like long brown hair and then the fat guy or the Cenobite with the sunglasses and stitched eyes and everything. He turns into a normal looking fat guy. And then the guy with no eyes and chatters his teeth, he turns into like, I think a kid or something. That's what he looked like when he died. He looked like a little kid about 13, 14 years old, which kind of made it weird because he looked like an adult Cenobite. But when he died, he was a kid. Yeah, almost like they stretched him out to make the Cenobite, which might very well be possible because that's what it is. It can tort everybody. 
and it goes off of something. It seems like everything goes off of something that has to do with them. Like, I'm not sure what the pinhead part was, but I'm imagining he could sell or I don't know. I can't figure out what that is exactly at this with this movie. Yeah, I liked how he was like, it definitely looked like he was some type of soldier or something. Yeah. From like the 40s or something. And then he got turned into a Cenobite. So I like that part of this whole story. That that was my favorite part because it does give you at least the idea of what happened and how he got turned. Because until the, the first movie, you didn't understand. They looked like there might have been people that were changed. But because the, the Frank in the first movie got just torn apart, and didn't become one you kind of feel don't know what exactly is going on for sure until this one he just wasn't worthy i guess to become a Cenobite. Mm-hmm. yeah we're definitely done i mean i can't think of anything else to say yeah if you guys got any uh movie suggestions just email me at what in the horror podcast at gmail.com or definitely hit us up on our twitter it's what in the horror podcast all one word and a uh, special shout out to jimmy james for sending an email suggesting these movies i know he wanted us to review all of them but we only do two movies per episode so but who knows maybe we'll do more of the movies in the future but as always i've been lando and i've been tim and we are the fuck out of here